This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris, and we are a podcast production that seeks to approach church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We are on Patreon, so if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash theology and become a subscriber. We are a part of Cruciform Ministries as well, and if you have been wanting that seminary-level education, but you don't have that seminary-type pocketbook, check out Cruciform Bible Institute. Just go to cruciformministries.org. There is a link in the main page. Uh, Check out the classes that are offered and get in touch with Jared Ebert. He is the director of Cruciform Bible Institute. We are members of the pot of the Christian podcast community. If you would like more Christian podcasts, then go check out christianpodcastcommunity.org. And Also, if you go there, we are doing a giveaway. Uh, If you're just joining us, we are giving away to three winners a copy of John Owen's The Mortification of Sin and The Death of Death in the Death of Christ. So three winners are going to receive both books. Now, if you go to christianpodcastcommunity.org, you should be able to find it there. But if not, go to podcasts, that's plural, podcasts dot striving for eternity dot org slash john owen there are multiple ways to enter your name in to win and this giveaway is running until january 15th and speaking of striving for eternity and justin peters ministries if you want to take a trip to israel with justin peters uh, they have slots a bit available but i think they're filling up quick so the trip is from october 24th to November 5th of 2021. You can get more information at israeltour2021.com. And I will make sure to put that in the show notes as well. But on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the death penalty. That's right, capital punishment. Yep. Now, Chris is going to get into why we're talking about the death penalty, but I know for myself, because I promote the abolishing of abortion. Many will will come at me 
as though I'm a typical pro-life advocate. Now, if you would like to know more about the differences, check out our episode that we did with Pastor Brett Baggett called Abolition versus Pro-Life and mm. Abortifacients. Amazing mm-hmm. episode. Go mm-hmm. check it out. But uh, what is usually presented to me is the question, uh, well, or it is presented as a question or as a statement. And that's because you're against abortion, you should be against the death penalty too, right? Uh, and, and they will try to use this almost as a gotcha, right? Like a gotcha, you, you're you inconsistent. Um, well, no, it it doesn't work. I'm against abortion because I'm against murder. I am pro-death penalty because I am pro-justice. One thing that I want to establish is that this shouldn't be just about answering the question, how should Christians view the death penalty or should they support the death penalty? Rather, we need to ask and answer, what does God say about the death penalty? Is God in favor of the death penalty? And I would answer, yes, he is. Now, if you want to take a second and turn uh, to Genesis chapter 6, I'm going to read from verses 11 to 13. Now, Genesis chapter 6 and chapter 7 is uh, the calling of Noah to build the ark and then the flood. So Genesis 6 chapter or verses 11 through 13 now the earth was corrupt in the sight of god and the earth was filled with violence god looked on the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth then god said to noah the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence because of them and behold I am about to destroy them with the earth. Because of the increasing wickedness on the earth, God said he will destroy all those on the earth, sparing only Noah and his family. But we can even go back before that. We can go to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve died spiritually, but they deserved physical death. He said, the day you eat of this tree, you will die die surely die you will surely die surely die i'm gonna kill you however in that we see the patience of god Mm. we see the mercy of god withholding what they rightly deserved the grace of god in shedding the blood of an animal to cover their sin to cover their nakedness cover their exposure and then the promise of a redeemer this redeemer who would come in order to be put to death. He would suffer capital punishment for you taking on your sin. Come on, bro. So so is God for the death penalty? Yes, because sin deserves death. Now, I will say that we do have grace. Uh, We do not stone and put to death the adulterers anymore, right? But there still is justice that must be sought. And God is a God of justice. He is slow to anger, but, 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 but let that sink in for a minute, okay? He's slow to anger, but he will by no means clear the guilty. Come Those on, who are unrepentant sinners that die apart from Christ in their sin, though they may escape judicial justice in this world, 
will not escape eternal justice from God in the next world. That's right. So, so that's just kind of uh, and something I wanted to establish at the forefront sure. of talking about the death penalty. That's great, man. Uh, and so now, Chris, uh, go ahead and, and lead us into why we're talking about the death penalty today. Wow, brother. Thank you so much for that, um, you know, for, for, for kicking us off on the right foot, man, and for uh, opening it up with the gospel, opening it up with the, with, with the truth um, that, that so many evangelical Christians in today's world and in today's church um, r- refuse to accept. Um, and, and, you know, brother, the, the recently in the news, and, and this is why we kind of wanted to get into this, we, and on social media, we saw a huge push and a trending topic labeled hashtag abolish the death penalty. And, and this was sparked by the execution of two convicted criminals by the names of Alfred uh, Bourgeois, and uh, who was executed on December 11th, 2020, and died at 8.21 p.m., and Brandon Bernard on December 10th, 2020, and he died at 9.27 p.m. Excuse me. Now, ultimately, the outrage seen over the execution of these two, and, and this is the key here, convicted criminals, has been exacerbated by the mainstream media by using key names and words in the title of articles and in the articles themselves, that are quote unquote hot button or hot take topics in the news and on social media. For example, CNN's Christina uh, Cargera, I'm I'm assuming that's how you say that, titled her commentary on the matter on December 12th, 2020, quote, two black men have been executed within two days, period. Two more set to die before Biden's inauguration, period, close quote. The website, thecut.com, ran an article on December 10th, 2020, entitled, quote, The Senseless Killing of Brandon Bernard, period, close quote. And the BBC wrote one entitled, quote, Brandon Bernard executed in Trump's final days, period, close quote. Now, mind you, the election is not officially over yet. And and the list of these articles goes on and on and on. And the hashtag, uh, abolish the death penalty, has, has been followed by all sorts of, of Bible verses that people are quoting and calls and reminders that thou shalt not murder. Many celebrities and political rights activists and professing Christians alike have joined in in stating that we uh, that, that to have the death penalty in and of itself is against the will of God. They say things like, quote, Lord have mercy or God forgive us, etc. That there were multiple Catholic organizations standing outside of these prisons seeking to stay the execution of these men so now, brother what 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 you what you think well what because it says the senseless killing yeah right so 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 what was their crime well we're gonna get into that we're gonna okay. get into that so what well, because the, now they they received the death penalty yeah so the senseless killing of these men the the killing of them is not senseless if they were if they were convicted right they were sentenced then oh, yeah. it's not senseless it means that they were brought before a judge they were brought before a jury evidence was presented and they were found to be guilty exactly because a, a senseless killing does not d- does not take place on death row correct um, it just doesn't because in order for someone to wind up on death row now i i i will say uh i'll say this there have been men 
who have been on death row who mm. were wrongfully accused. Correct. But were later exonerated due Correct. to the advances we've made uh, in forensic science and things like Correct. that. And amen. You, you know, yes. you know, praise yes. the Lord that they were yes. exonerated. Yes. Um, but this is this is not just a death penalty case is not a senseless killing. Correct. Correct. And then to follow that up by with Bible verses first to say thou shall not murder. Well, you usually you get the death penalty for murder. So what oh, this yeah. is, yeah. is this is the justice, the just penalty for murder. Correct. So, Correct. uh, and this really gets, and that gets into to what's called the law of Lex Talionis. And, mm-hmm. and for, for our listeners, this is actually the first time I'm, I'm hearing about this. I have no clue. <laughs> um, so I, so I'm literally working this out as I'm, as, as we're just kind of going through this. Uh, but this gets into the law of Lex Talionis, which is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Right. right. Uh, so you do a crime, the, the, uh, you have to pay the penalty, Correct. right? It, it, the, 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 the penalty has to match the crime. Correct. So to say thou shall not murder. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say these men probably shouldn't have murdered since that's what usually gets you on death row. Uh, but the, the execution is not murder. It's justice. And then saying things like Lord have mercy or God forgives us just because God has forgiven us. Doesn't mean there's still not justice to be paid. Oh yeah. Uh, these men, these men can now say they're in their cell on death row. Right. Say, uh, only by the grace of God that they come to true repentance and faith, right? Yeah. That doesn't get them off the hook. Correct. Justice is still going to be served. Correct. All that means is, and, and now I'll give you an example. Jeffrey Dahmer. Was that, wasn't that who it was? No, not Jeffrey Dahmer. Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? We're, uh, we're, keep going. Uh, so uh, the guy, he did, uh, I, I want, was it, I don't know if it was the cannibal guy or the Unabomber guy. Uh, I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer. Was Timothy convic- McVeigh was, was the Unabomber. Okay. Not, yeah. not that guy. No, then Jeffrey no. Dahmer. So, <clears throat> right. He was sentenced to life uh, in prison. He was either sentenced to life or the death penalty. One of the two. But now reportedly he came to true faith in Christ, right? Mm. That doesn't exonerate him of his crime. It just means that now, even though he serves the just penalty for his crime, uh, he he is now looked at in heaven uh, as as covered in Christ. All right. Counted as righteous because of the works of Christ. Correct. That's right. So (laughs) for people to say things like this, uh, it, it's really to to show that they have no clue what they're talking about. They're just trying to throw things out there and hope something sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they well, have, and that's yeah, yeah. Have no clue. Yeah, no, and that's Amanda and brother. That, that that's leading right into my next my next point is you know it's time that that we remember the purpose and the role of government and and the way that the government is supposed to be set up. Uh, we're, we're supposed to remind uh, our, our our governing officials. Uh, what their role is and how we do that is by voting them in and out when they forget. Now, now that said, it would do us well as a society. Uh, yes, but especially as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to actually know what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution say instead of relying on the media and social media to, tra- to, to inform us. Mm-hmm. For believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
we're commanded to know what scriptures teach on the subject, as well as what our role and response is to these and all other matters. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Tom Buck, senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Lindale, Texas, and a friend of Matter of Theology, he quoted Carl Truman, a uh, theologian and church historian and the professor at Westminster Theological Seminary on Twitter on December 16th, and he said, uh, 2020, and he said this, quote, that this is Carl Truman's words, the task of the Christian is not to whine about the moment in which he or she lives, but to understand its problems and respond appropriately to them, period, close quote. And I wholeheartedly concur with that. This is solid advice that many professing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ should heed. We should seek to understand the problems we face truthfully and diligently search the scriptures and respond in such a way that reflects the glory of Christ and trust in his absolute sovereignty. Now, what I would like to do um, is, is look at these two cases very briefly. Okay. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately I didn't have time. I, I wanted to really look at the history of the death penalty in our country. Um, but, but I want to really take a look at what the Lord says in his word, um, in scripture concerning capital or corporal punishment, um, and, and, and have a conversation about what true biblical justice is as well. So first yeah. l- let me say a couple well, of things. Me, oh, go ahead. Well, let me, before ahead. you, before you get into that, let me just say that first as, as a Christian, uh, we need to understand that God is still a God of law. That's right. Right. The, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He fulfilled right. the law. That's and right. now as believers, there is a certain way in which we are to live. And there is a certain way in which we should strive to live. Correct. And that is according to God's standard. We should want that. Why? That's a grace to us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's in living that out is glorifying to God, and so we should want that. But second, the country we live in is a nation of laws. Yeah, and, and, and it has to be, and we're going to get into that too. Yeah, yeah. it has to be. Be and so, so since we're a nation of laws, breaking certain laws receives certain penalties, certain judgments. Right. right? So now, and there's a difference between just law and unjust law. Mm-hmm. So it would be unjust if these guys were put to death for a speeding ticket. Right. That would be unjust. Right. Correct. It would also be unjust if they got, uh, you know, three years probation for first degree murder. That would mm-hmm. be unjust as well. Right. 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 So now it, it it is just to say first degree murder is death penalty. It is just. It is actually just, and and I'm gonna might ruffle a couple of feathers here. Uh, it is just to say that the rapist, the 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 man who rapes a woman, gets the absolutely. death penalty. Absolutely, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. No man, and that's uh, th- that's absolutely right. And that's um, the hard part is 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 there's so many. Uh, the hard part and the frustrating part is 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 all of the noise and the nonsense coming from those who say that they love God when they are incredibly ignorant uh, when it comes to what the scriptures teach about this. And, and those who say that they love, you know, love our country and they're incredibly ignorant to what the constitution and the declaration of independence and, and, and our governing uh, documents have to say about this. And so, you know, in getting into these two cases, and then, and then I want to get into the, the, the biblical, uh, the, the a biblical exposition of this. 
Um, let me say a couple things because the, the number one, the content we're about to cover could be considered graphic by some. I'm going to read from uh, the Department of Justice's website concerning these two cases. Um, so if there's anybody younger that's listening, uh, just go ahead and say this. Listener discretion is advised. Um, you know, parents, you may want to listen to this part first or fast forward or um, – because I am going to read the details in, in two of these cases, and 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 it's hard to it's hard to read, it's hard to listen to, and then number two, uh, and, and I must stress this: I, I I am I do not wish to attempt in any way, shape, or form to adjudicate these two cases beyond what has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt and decided on by a jury of these two men's peers. My goal is to simply state the facts of these cases. Okay, so that being said. This is directly from the Department of Justice's website, okay? Uh, Alfred Bourgeois abused, tortured, and beat to death his young daughter. After a paternity test identified um, uh, Bourgeois as the father of the two-and-a-half-year-old girl and a court ordered that he pay child support to the mother, uh, he took temporary custody of his daughter and brought her with him on a trucking route. While on the trip, Bourgeois systematically abused and tortured her, including punching her in the face, whipping her with an electrical cord, and burning the bottom of her foot with a cigarette lighter. In July of 2002, Bourgeois arrived to the Corpus Christi Naval Air Station for a delivery. While backing his truck up to a loading dock, his daughter tipped over her training potty. Bourgeois became enraged and repeatedly slammed the back of her head into the truck's window and dashboard killing her. On March 16, 2004, a jury of the United States District Court for the Southern District of Texas found Bourgeois guilty of murder within the special, special territorial jurisdiction of the United States and unanimously recommended a death sentence, which the court imposed. His, his conviction and sentence were affirmed on appeal, and his request for collateral relief were ultimately rejected by federal courts. In July of 2019, his execution was scheduled for January 13th, 2020, but legal impediments prevented the government from proceeding at that time. Bourgeois is scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on December 11th, 2020, by the Federal Correctional Complex, uh, Terry Hout, Indiana. You know, is are these news organizations just forgetting to include that part? Uh, yes, uh, yes, purposely, because it's not about the truth. It's about a narrative. And uh, you know what this shows? Here's the thing. And this is this is how far we've come. Right. This is what happens when you allow and you allow for the, the murder of babies to become regular regulative Correct. and you desensitize people to it because Correct. then when children have this happen to them this should be all over the place in in justification for the death penalty yeah yeah i'm gonna uh when we get to the commentary uh that i have concerning the death penalty in the old testament i'm, I'm gonna tell you what i think about about alfred uh, or uh, uh yes alfred there so yeah I mean, uh, it just, I'll, it, I'll, yeah, I'll get there in just a it second. It just shows, <laughs> like, what do you. That's hard the, to read, man. I, I, it, yeah. People yeah. Who, who will allow for the murder of the most innocent, the most helpless in That's the world. Starts. Yep. They obviously will not care 
about it, to report about the murder of other children. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, moving on to, to Mr. Bernard, Brandon Bernard, quote, Brandon Bernard and his accomplices brutally murdered two youth ministers, Todd and Stacy Bagley, on a military reservation in 1999. After Todd Bagley agreed to give a ride to several of Bernard's accomplices, they pointed a gun at him, forced him and Stacy into the trunk of their car, and drove the couple around for hours while attempting to steal their money and pawn Stacy's wedding ring. While locked in the trunk, the couple spoke with their abductors about God and pleaded for their lives. The abductors eventually parked on the Fort Hood military reservation where Bernard and another accomplice doused the car with lighter fluid. As the couple still locked in the trunk sang and prayed. Now, mind you, I'm still reading from the Department of Justice's website. Okay. After Stacy said, Jesus loves you and Jesus take care of us. One of the accomplices shot both Todd and Stacy in the head, killing Todd and knocking Stacy unconscious. Bernard then lit the car on fire, killing Stacy through smoke inhalation. On June of 2000, a jury of the United States District District Court for the Western District of Texas found Bernard guilty of, among other offenses, two counts of murder within the special maritime and territorial jurisdiction of the United States and unanimously recommended a death sentence. His conviction and sentence were affirmed on appeal, and his request for collateral relief was rejected by every court that considered it. Bernard is scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on December 10th, 2020 at U.S. Penitentiary, Terry Hout, Indiana. One of his accomplices, Christopher Vavella, was executed for his role in the Bagley's murder on September 22nd, 2020. Now, those are the facts of both of those cases, and I did my dead level best to read them without allowing my emotion to come through. I know I failed at that, but I don't know how any human being that has the love of God in your heart cannot not read that without emotion and without inflection at certain points. Um, so those are the facts of those two cases. Now, um, let, let, let me stop here and say something before we move forward into really talking about the death penalty. Were, were these and, and others on death row convicted of similar crimes uh, th uh, that they were accused of? Are, are they guilty? Yes. Uh, but they, they've been proven guilty in a court of law. Does that mean that they do not deserve forgiveness? May it never be. We know that the grace of God found through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ covers a multitude of sins, and we are all in need of his grace. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, 
because of his great love with, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us, up, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of, uh, uh, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Second Corinthians five twenty one. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Colossians 1, starting in verse 13, for He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn among the bed, among the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him. I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were former, formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his, fle in, in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and above reproach, beyond reproach. That is the gospel, the life, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. So it's something I ask Noah all the time, my son, buddy, who's the redeemer? And he responds with Jesus. I said, what, what did Jesus redeem us from? He said, sin. As long as there's life in your bones and breath in your body, God can save you and anyone else through his completely efficacious work of regeneration and salvation. That being said, and Drew mentioned this earlier, there are consequences to our actions. God very clearly states that he is holy and a pure God and that we are to be holy before him. There are serious penalties and consequences for our sins. And I'm not going to read this, but if you check out Leviticus 20, 9 through 20. Leviticus 20, 9 through 20, and that breaks it down. Yeah, there's a... We read the accounts of what happened, right? And we, we say, at least I do, I'm going to go out and say, yeah, that deserves death penalty. Absolutely. I'm 100% I'm with you. Um, now... What we should not say is we should not say things like, well, they deserve to burn in hell. Yes, thank you. We, wow. we, should, we should not say that. And, and let me tell you why. Because we deserve hell. That's right. That's right. Had, had it not been for the grace of God and his restraining power, guess what? We would be those same men. Amen, brother. Um what we should do we should rejoice in the fact that uh justice does does prevail mm -hmm. uh just e either whether it be in this world or the next justice will prevail That's right. uh, so even if you find injustice in this world justice will be 
uh, executed in the next. But we should weep for those Mm. uh, who, who act this way and die in their sin that way apart from Christ. We should weep because once they are cast into the fire, there is no coming back. That's right. And, and that should cause us to weep. Thankfully, Brandon Bernard, uh, it's in, in, in the research that I was doing, a lot of people said that he uh, he became involved in prison ministry, that he, he did give his life to the Lord. I hope and pray that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it floored me reading from the Department of Justice's website and, and seeing that description in there with this couple, uh, they, 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 they've got to have a feeling about what's coming. And look what they did. They mm-hmm. preached the gospel. They sang praises to God. Uh, they, 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 they shared the love of God, the love of Christ with these men. Um, you know, and that all started because they were trying to do something nice for people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and brother, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I cannot, one of the, the, I think personally, the worst thing that you can say to anybody, anybody made in the Imago day in the image of God is go to hell mm-hmm. because you've got to stop and really think about what you're saying at that point. One, you don't have that power to send them there. Yeah. Uh, And two, two, that's what you deserve. That's what you deserve. And you should not want anyone to go there. So, so brother, you know, speaking of social justicians, which I didn't yet, but I'm going to, uh, here's something that I found interesting. And I find this incredibly interesting. Jamar Tisby, who we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. He blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. He, he said in his tweet on December 11th, 2020, quote, executions cannot be undone. Hashtag Brandon Bernard. Hashtag abolish the death penalty. Hashtag how to fight racism. Time out. Yep. How, how is any of this racist? Oh, don't. Hey, look, if, if the sun is shining, Jamar Tisby will find a way to, to, to make something racist. So, and then, and then he posted this screenshot along with that tweet and said, and the screenshot uh, has these words, quote, since 1973, more than 165 people sentenced to death row have been found innocent. And from a racial standpoint, here we go, 42% of people on death row are black. The death penalty does not work as a deterrent to crime. And one in nine people on death row have been exonerated. Executions cannot be undone. The victims of the death penalty are, and the screenshot cut off. So, hmm. so nope. Yeah, um, that was it. So, w- what does Jamar Tisby have to say to Alfred Bourgeois's daughter? Yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely. Or, or Todd and Stacy Bagley. Um, you know, I, look, and I understand, and you address this at the top. Like, I understand that, that absolutely that there are uh, convictions that have been overturned. There's, there's as, as uh, forensic science advances, um, that, that overturns. Is that, is that, yeah, that's me. I don't know. That's something here. Um, Not my phone. Um, You know, as, as things change and overturn, um, you know, that's going to be the case. You know, hold on. Let's, hold on. I want to go back to the screenshot that I'm going to go find that real quick while you're doing that. Yeah, the, this screenshot that Jamar Tisby posted, right? Since 1973, more than 165 people sentenced to death row have been found innocent. Okay, and we would agree with that. And we would say, well, that's because advances of in modern science and forensic science, uh, now we can, uh, 
we we have we have advances in in DNA, right? We can we can determine, uh, you know, uh, match a person's DNA and uh, things like epithelials and skin cells uh, to people. Uh, we have a way of doing that. But then he says, uh, he comes back and he says, from a racial standpoint, well, wh why does it, wh why a racial standpoint? Why not a criminal standpoint? Why not, why not from a crime standpoint? How about, uh, you know, and he talks about 42% of people on death row are black. And I would ask the question, why? Is that, is that because, does it have anything to do with maybe fatherlessness? Well, and ultimately, you look at the African-American community, and let me state some facts for a second. 13 African-American men make up roughly 13% of the population in this country. However, they also account for over 60% of the crime. Yeah. No, no. I, and this not... is something. Uh, this is something. There is a book on my shelf somewhere over there written, <laughs> written by Tony Evans. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's called Kingdom Men, and it's a he wrote it as part of a Bible study that he does with no. men. Now Tony Evans, he's he's the father of Priscilla Schreier, yeah. uh, a lot of the women's Bible studies and things like that. Tony Evans, he even says a lot of these problems come from fatherlessness in the community, and he he'll tell people, man up. Yeah, Charles Barkley said the same thing. So this so, is so, yeah, this is so something because we're, we're we we got that white privilege. Uh, we're, no, no, we're and, and that's not even the most to, to me for 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 Mr. Tisby. Um, I, I, look, the the point this has reached the point for me to where I I am I am ready to say uh, he needs the gospel. He does not understand forgiveness. He does not understand sin. He does not understand scripture. He likes to talk like he does, but he twists things. And so, so here's why I find this incredibly interesting. Yes. That tweet in and of itself, that screenshot in and of itself uh, is loaded with things that, that we could talk about, but here's why I quoted this because just over a year ago, when forgiveness was shown to a convicted murderer by their yeah. family, it wasn't woke enough for right. Mr. Tisby. So last yeah. October, at the sentencing hearing of one Amber Geiger, Brant Jean, the brother of the man that Geiger was convicted of murdering, his name is Botham Jean. Okay, now Geiger, he she was a Dallas police officer. Uh, she she killed 26-year-old Brant uh, 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 Botham Jean on September 6th, 2018, after she walked into his apartment thinking it was her own, thinking that Jean was an intruder, she shot him and was later fired and charged and convicted. So at the sentencing hearing, okay, the brother of Botham, his name is Brant, this is what he said to his brother's convicted murderer, okay, and I'm quoting him here, quote, I love you just like anyone else, and I'm not going to hope you rot and die. I personally want the best for you. I wasn't going to say this in front of my family. I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's exactly what both of them would want for you. Give your life to Christ. I think giving your life to Christ is the best, the best thing both of them would want for you. I love you as a person and I don't wish anything bad on you. 
I don't know if this is possible. And at this point, he's speaking to Judge Tammy Kemp. But can I give her a hug, please? And I watched the video of this today, and I'm in tears. Okay. And so after that, Judge Tammy Kemp, who caught some huge flack for this, which by the way, she is also black, agreed to allow Brant to hug her. Kemp also ascended her seat, gave Amber Geiger a Bible, turned to John 3.16, read it to her, and gave her a hug right there in court at the sentencing hearing. The audacity of people. Oh, can, okay. Can you believe that? Now, check this out. In response, Jamar Tisby penned an article entitled, quote, White Christians do not cheapen the hug and the message of forgiveness from Botham John's brother, close quote. It was written on October 3rd, 2019. Tisby turned a wonderfully biblical example of how we, as those who have received immense grace from the Lord Jesus Christ, are to show without partiality, okay? He turned it into a diatribe of white supremacy and black grief and black forgiveness, saying things like this in this article, quote, instant absolution minimizes the magnitude of injustice. It distracts attention from the systematic change needed to prevent such tragedies from occurring. The same Bible that urges forgiveness also urges, here's the word, justice. Oh, really? Black forgiveness. Oh, yeah, it gets better. Black forgiveness, that in and of itself is, is incredibly sinful. Black forgiveness as a response to white racism is an act of faith in God and on self-preservation. With all that black people have endured over four centuries of racial oppression, forgiveness protects the heart from the consuming heat of hatred. It ensures that people who have been wounded don't have to constantly relive the injury. The act of forgiveness honors God who forgives undeserving people when someone extends it to someone else who is similarly undeserving. And check this out. Black people, when they experience injustice, there's almost an expectation that we will immediately forgive and therefore sort of move on. So I think a lot of people are reacting that we have the right to be angry, a right to grieve, and a right to want justice, period, close quote. Now, I point this out. You know what? I agree. I think Alfred Bourgeois' daughter deserves justice. Absolutely. I, I think the Bagleys deserve justice. Yeah, there, there, there you go, Tisby. I think Bourgeois' daughter deserves justice. So, so, so let me, let me. I, I point this out to show the absolute brokenness of wokeness. Okay, broke is woke is broke. And scripture, look, scripture speaks to how the Lord feels about partiality. And I'm just going to publicly say this, Jamar Tisby, you need Jesus. Yeah. You need Jesus of the Bible, enough with the partiality nonsense, because look, scripture is crystal clear. Exodus 23, two through three, you shall not follow the masses in doing evil, nor shall you testify in dispute so as to turn aside after a multitude in order to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to the poor man in his dispute. Leviticus 19, 15 and 16, you shall do no injustice in, in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people. 
and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord, period, close quote. Deuteronomy 1.17, you shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for judgment is God's. Deuteronomy 16.19, you shall not distort justice. You shall not be partial, and you shall not take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. 2 Chronicles 19.7, now then let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do, for the Lord, Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality. Job 13.7-12, will you speak what is unjust for God and speak what is deceitful for him? Will you show partiality for him? Will you contend for God? Will it be well when he examines you? Or will you deceive him as one who deceives a man? He will surely reprove you if you secretly show partiality. Will not his majesty terrify you and the dread of him fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Proverbs 18.5, to show partiality to the wicked is not good, nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. And then finally, James 2.9, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law of the transgressors. What you got, bro? Yeah, uh, I'm going to add to that. Uh, and this uh, right here, I am adding this specifically, specifically for Jamar Tisby. And that is Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And again, this is for Jamar Tisby specifically. Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself— that you will escape the judgment of God, verse 4? Mm. Or do you think lightly on the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Come on, bro. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Verse 6, who will render to each person according to his deeds? Jamar Tisby. Paul here in chapter two is talking about the hypocritical Christians. Mm -hmm. Okay. We saw at the beginning of this two men who were put to death, rightly deserving the death penalty, according to what justice.org says from right. the justice department. That's then right. you turn around, go back uh, to, to uh, Botham, uh, yeah. Botham John. Brent. Brent. Brant, yeah, yeah. Brant, right? And you talk about the needing for justice against a white woman. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Tisby, do you think she deserves the death penalty? Because hashtag abolish the death penalty. There you go. 
do the, you, the justice wasn't enough, right? Yeah. The forgiveness wasn't woke enough. And that's, that, that, that's why I said what I did. It's like, you can't, there's no, there's not a, a, a forgiveness doesn't have a, a quantifier. Like there's no black forgiveness and white forgiveness. It's just forgiveness. There's just, there's no black justice or white justice. There's just God's justice. I, I don't, it, it's, it's ridiculous. You've got, you've got people out there and what fires me up is, is, is this guy is claiming to be a pastor. In my view, he's no more of a pastor than Raphael Warnock promoting abortion. Yeah. And brother, thank you for reading Romans too, because that is spot on. That is yep. spot on. Oh, Anyway. Yeah, I mean, just as we were going through that, I was like, huh, Romans 2, Paul dealing yeah. with hypocrites. Let's go over there. Those who claim to be Christians, let's, there you uh, go. let's go read about them. You know, yeah. and, but, but, and I do want to say this, we fall into that category too. Absolutely. Right, we, we do. 110%. But the, the difference is, is we're not, we're not going to sit on our high horse and point the finger. Correct. Right, because we know we deserve we deserve the death penalty and that's it man that's it that that's that that that, that's the whole goal right that that's the whole reason that we believe that salvation is is a monergistic work of the trinity of god we do nothing to initiate our initial birth our physical birth or our spiritual birth We, we we play no part in our spiritual birth other than bringing the sin to the table that needs to be cleansed, mm-hmm. other than carrying the stony heart in our breast that needs to be surgically by the Spirit's power, by the efficacious work of Christ, by the will of the Father, replaced with a heart of flesh. And so so, so Jamar Tisby used to be a part of the Acts 29 church planning network who they're all about being reformed in their soteriology. Really? Well, if you believe that, Jamar, and other social justicians, why is it that you that you show partiality? That's exactly what you're doing when you do that. So, small rabbit trail, but but I found that interesting that you've got so many people. And the reason I bring that up is because he was one of the the most outspoken ones on social media about quote hashtag abolish the death penalty. So let me get this straight, Mr. Tisby and others. You say that you love Jesus that Jesus has saved you. But what is one of Jesus's commands and, and reminders and rebukes? If you love me, you will what? Obey my word. Now, that being said, what does scripture have to say about capital punishment? Now, let, let me be clear right out of the gate. Scripture 100% confirms and supports capital punishment. And I say that in light of the following passages found in God's holy, inerrant, infallible, and completely sufficient word. Genesis 9, 6, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. And that's a, that, that, that's important, right? Because it, you can't murder animals because animals Correct. are not in the image of God. That's right. The, the reason the death penalty applies to murdering man is because of the uh, of man is created in God's image. Amen, brother. That is why, that's why it's it murder. is a that's why it's murder. That's why yep. it's a capital offense to kill another image bearer of that's God. That's right. That's right. 
That's right. You know, Jesus warns Peter in the garden during his arrest when Peter drew his sword. It says, then Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. That's Matthew 26, 52. Romans 13, 4. And we're really going to get into Romans 13 here in a second. For, for it is a minister, that it is the government, is a minister of God uh, to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God and avenger. I love that. Who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. That's Romans 13, 4. And one more, Acts 25, 11. Paul here is reminding, right, reminding the, uh, the people he's speaking to and writing to, um, reminding them that, that some crimes have consequence, the consequence of death. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I do not refuse to die. Mm -hmm. But if none of those things is true, of which these men accuse me, no one can hand, hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Okay, now, in the Old Testament, and to your point earlier, brother, uh, in the Old Testament, the death penalty was one that was carried out swiftly, publicly, and unapologetically. And, and it was carried out for offenses such as this, idolatry, kidnapping, murder, rape, witchcraft, false prophecy, disobeying parents, and blasphemy, just to name a few. The purpose of the death penalty was twofold. One was to deter others from exercising lawlessness, which is sin. I'm going to quote my brother Virgil Walker here shortly. And the other was for the overall protection of society and life as they know it. Mm -hmm. so, so if you have your copy of God's word, open up to Romans 13 and check out verses one through five. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinances, ordinance of God, and, and they who have opposed the will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have uh, praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to, uh, to you for good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister, again, a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Verse 5, therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. Now, as a commentary to that, in his book, Right Thinking in a World Gone Wall, a biblical response to today's most controversial issues, Dr. John MacArthur and the leadership team at Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, say this in the chapter titled, The Right to Die and the Right to Kill. This is what it says, quote, Romans 13 says that the government is established by God, in verse 1, by his divine ordinance, in verse 2, for, for the purpose of restraining evil and promoting good, verse 3. Thus, the government is a minister of God, verse 4, which is vested with the authority to punish evil, up to and including the use of the sword or death penalty. Part of government's divine mandate is to protect its citizens by making evildoers afraid of the consequences that come from acting wickedly. In a fallen world, the threat of punishment is a necessary part of deterring crime and keeping the peace, period, close quote. Now, also in that book, 
I found a quote by the late Dr. Robert Culver. Now, Dr. Culver was a professor of theology at Wheaton College and Trinity Evangelical uh, Divinity School, as well as an author, pastor, and preacher. In his book, Toward a Biblical View of Civil Government, he said the following, quote, what must not be lost sight of is the is that unpleasant as is the task of the jailer and the use of the whip, the cell, the noose, the guillotine, these things stand behind the stability of civilized society. And they stand there necessarily, for God has declared it so, in harmony with reality, rather than with apostate sociological opinion. Government, with its coercive powers, is a social necessity, but one determined by the creator, not by statistical tables of some university social research staff. No society, listen to this, no society can, be, can successfully vote fines, imprisonment, corporal, and capital punishment away permanently. The society which tries has lost touch with the reality of man, his fallen sinful state, realities of the world, and the truth of divine revelation in nature, man's conscience, and the Bible. Period. Close quote. Did you catch that? No society can successfully vote fines, imprisonment, corporal, and capital punishment away permanently. The society which tries has lost touch with reality of man, his fallen sinful state, realities of the world, and the truth of divine revelation in nature and man's conscience of the Bible. Now, that takes my mind back to the book of Romans, but this time to Romans 1. Okay, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And then in verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Now, very quick, the word wise there in the Greek, sophos, it means skilled, clever, wise in the affairs of life. Professing to be all of those things, they became fools. Now, became fools in the Greek is morano, which you can hear where we get the what English word we get from that, okay? Moron. They became morons. And the dictionary defines a moron as a stupid person. You know, you see this... Uh... <laughs> It reminds me of in Seattle, uh, what was the zone, the autonomous zone? Chaz. Chaz, yeah. So <laughs> you had the, these group of individuals. Uh, they take over this, this section of Seattle. And what was the first thing they do? They set up a border. Yeah. <laughs> right? They set up a border. And then what's the next thing they do? They set up their own police. Because people were stealing other people's stuff, right? right? People so were committing crimes. People were committing crimes in an autonomous zone. Well, once you've set up borders and you've set up a police, you've taken away the autonomy of it, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there to the stupid persons that think Chaz was a good thing. There you uh, go. Uh, but, I mean, but you see it, right? Uh, capital punishment, uh, imprisonment, uh, fines. You you can't take these things away permanently. And we see no. you could like even the idea of setting up safe borders and setting up a, a, a police uh, in the autonomous zone. They couldn't even get away with it for a month. 
right? right. Before right. they had to establish some of these things. Right. There had to be order. There had to be order. There had to be order within their little chaotic system. It's Morons. it just really shows. Yeah, they're claiming to be wise, uh, yet they're they're becoming fools, and they're actually <laughs> everything they hated about America. The first they started in they two had ways. to do it. They, they had, had to, to. Yep. borders police. Yep. Well, look, I mean, th th there are so many morons and fools right now. The the people in that did the Chaz and Autonomous Zone and all that stuff as well. And since May, have have jumped on this bandwagon, um, and 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 named it, you know, another level of social justice, advocating the abolishment of the police, and the death penalty. You know, we already mentioned Jamar Tisby, fool. Uh, I mean, th there's so much more when that comes from. And you know, I said it a second ago, and so did you. God is a God of order, and one of the ways that He's ordered and structured and shaped common grace to society is through establishing government. And look at those, to your point, brother, and great point, the people in Chaz who wanted no rules, everybody's free to do everything, equality across the board, look what they had to do right away. Mm -hmm. Establish some sort of order. This is built into us mm -hmm. by our creator. Dr. Josh Bice, pastor of Praise Mill uh, Baptist Church here in Douglasville, Georgia, and the president of G3 Ministries has said this in a blog post dated July 28th, 2020, the blessing of government. He said this, quote, one of the characteristics of our God is that he is orderly rather than disorderly. He is a designer and our entire world is shaped by his genius. I love that. Everything from the creation of the universe to the establishment of a ruling government points to a sovereign desi divine designer. Therefore, any attempt to create a world, a city, a town, or a country that lacks law and order is plagued by anarchy is a movement away from God, period, close quote. Now, remember Romans 13, right? Uh, the government is a minister of God uh, to you for good. Now, the Greek word there for minister is the word diakonos, and it's defined as this, quote, one who executes the commands of another, especially of a master, a servant, attendant, or minister, yeah. okay? It, it, it's found in scripture some 31 plus times as the word translated in the English language as the word minister, servant, deacon, or punisher, yeah. Now I've heard John MacArthur speak on this term uh, and he relates it to that more of a, a waiter or a busboy at yeah, servant, uh, yeah. a restaurant, a yep. servant, someone who comes in, cleans up um, and basically does the dirty work, does the grunt that's right. work. That's right. That's right. And so th that's, that's the purpose of the government. The purpose of government is to is to restrain lawlessness, you know. And and I said I was going to quote my brother Virgil, uh, Virgil Walker, executive director of operations for G three and co host of the Just Thinking podcast, said this um, in in episode one hundred five, the doctrine of elections. He said that you know quote. So here's what I want you to do as a Bible believer, when you say justice, here's what I want you to think. I want you to think about the attributes of God. Oh, actually, you know what? No, this wasn't this wasn't episode 105. I misspoke. This was actually a talk he gave 
uh, uh, he and Daryl were speaking somewhere. I don't remember where this was now, but it wasn't in an episode. So let, let me correct myself in saying that this was this was a message that he preached. Quote. So, so here's what I want you to do as a Bible believer. When you say justice, here's what I want you to think. I want you to think about the attributes of God. There are three attributes that I want you to think about. Number one, God is just by nature. God is just. Number two, God is sovereign. That means he's divinely in control of everything. And then number three, God is holy. So when you think about justice, you have to begin with the attributes of God. When we appeal to the attributes of God, we are appealing to that which won't change. God never changes, period, close quote. And then, so, so we, have, we have to start there. But then when it comes to sin and the lawlessness, Virgil said this, quote, when we say sin, here's what we mean. 1 John 1, 3, 3 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So what is sin? Sin is lawlessness. So when you turn on your television set and you see lawlessness happening, what you should say in your what you shouldn't say in your mind is, oh, they're rioting. No, they're sinning. Please hear me. Sin is lawlessness. Period. Close quote. So the point of government is to adhere to the mandates, to be a busboy, a servant to the mandates given by the Lord found in his word, and by his design, wielding the sword of punishment to those who do evil, failing to do so or delaying to do so is a disastrous consequence for any society. It's a rejection of grace, of the grace given through one of the institutions as a level of protection given to those made in the image of God. Those institutions are number one is the marriage, number two is the church, and number three is the government. Those institutions are a grace. So did you catch that? The death penalty, capital punishment is a grace given by the Lord as a way of protecting those made in his image. Now, I, I, I know that is not what we see in society right now. You know, I quoted Dr. Culver moments ago. That's from 1974 when he said that. You know, uh, and, 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 and he also said this, quote, government with its coercive powers in, is a social necessity, but one determined by the creator, not by the statistical tables of some university social research staff. Yeah, you know, it's really funny because you almost sound like a theonomist there. <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, no, no. And, <laughs> and I say that just because, uh, I'm, I'm going to come out and say, I am a theonomist. Every single person is a theonomist of some kind. Why? Because it's not a matter of holding to God's law. It's which God's laws are you going to hold to? Because go. if not God's law, then what? That's right. Then chaos, then lawlessness. Right. So now people will look that they think there can be some sort of neutrality. Right. right. Like like we can man can come up with his own set of laws in order to govern society. No, that doesn't work. Uh, Correct. If you refer to to American law or what, what, what's known as because America gets his, its law from English common law. Right. Yep. Well, okay. But English common law was instituted by King Alfred. King Alfred, when he instituted English common law, where did he pull from? He pulled from the book of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. So when you look at American laws, American laws follow very closely to God's law. That's right. You just, people just don't want to believe that. No. <laughs> but, well, uh, the, oh, sorry, now, well, well, I just want to say, uh, take your time. You're good. 
well, theonomy isn't a bad thing and it gets a bad rap uh, because people think, well, we want to reinstitute sacrifices and stoning of people. No, that's not the case. We hold to God's law because God's law shows up uh, in the New Testament, right? Well, one, we hold to God's law because what other standard should we want to hold to? We should want to hold to God's standard. But we see God's law in the New Testament. We see Jesus say not one jot or one tittle will, will, will pass away from the law. But some of the laws do necessarily change, but they change in accordance to how the New Testament says that they change. Correct, correct. Uh, so we still hold to God's law because it's God's law that he has set to govern a society so that a society can flourish. Um, now, when we start looking at our government here in America, yes, it is a grace of the Lord. It is to be a minister uh, of the Lord so long as it acts justly well absolutely go ahead i'm sorry well, go ahead. well no i was just i was gonna say because there's sometimes uh, and we could depending on what the future holds where the government could take a turn to being unjust but even still there are i mean this was written at a time when the roman empire was in power Right. And the Roman Empire was very unjust. I mean, Nero is capturing Christians and tying them to stakes and setting them on fire for his garden parties. Right. But Paul even still says here, be in subjection to the governing authorities. Um, (laughs) Well, and look, man, you know, the the, what's interesting about laws, um, uh, we have to remember that the book of Romans said that the law weakened by the flesh, right? And, and, and Paul's talking about God's law there. Do you understand that? God's law is not able to save because right. it's weakened right. by the flesh. Now, that doesn't give us a pass to not adhere to and hold to God's law. The point of Paul saying that is that the, the, the law is not salvific. Right. Uh, right. However, it is useful and needed for sanctification because it's the law God's law that incites sin. Now, how does that translate into to our laws from a horizontal standpoint? What do our laws do? Uncover lawlessness, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, to keep those in check. And why? Why is it needed? Why is capital punishment needed? Well, it's needed as a way to restrain those caught in the depths of their depravity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would all, you know, not fear the necessary consequences that come from, from operating in a default mode. And what I mean by that is that we're all dispositioned from, from conception to sin. Again, Romans 3, 10 through 20, as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There's none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They've become useless There is none who does good. There's not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God because the works of the law 
but uh, yes, because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. I just said that. For through the law comes what? The knowledge of sin. So the death penalty, look, it saves lives. And when we fail to act on it, there is judgment that comes from the Lord. Again, back to Dr. Josh Bice. Wait, say um, that again. Say that again. The death penalty saves, saves lives. Because yes. putting to death those who have committed murder saves all the other people from murder. That's that, right. That, that, that would have been. That's killed. right. Or strikes fear into those who would commit murder and any other crime worthy of the death penalty. So I'll say that sentence again. Two sentences. I'm sorry. The death penalty saves lives. And when we fail to act on it, there is judgment that comes from the Lord. Dr. Josh Bice, again, in that same article, he said this, quote, a movement away from law and order and toward anarchy is a movement away from God. The hierarchy of authority was established by God himself. Although every system is impure, since every human system is operated by sinners, nevertheless, such impure systems are far better than lawlessness and anarchy period, close quote. And, and if you want to see, you know, I mean, look at, look at, again, go back to Genesis 4. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Now Joshua 2.19 it shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be free. But anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if, if a hand is laid on him. So th th there's consequence. There's consequences to not maintaining the law and order that God has established. It's clear, and uh, just I'll, I'll reference these just for the sake of time, and you can go back and read them. 2 Samuel 4.11, Ezekiel 7.20-27, through 27, Ezekiel 18.10-13, all magnify that. Now, brother, to, to, to a question that you asked before, you know, one of the biggest arguments thrown at Christians is this. How can you claim to hold to a pro-life ethic oppo opposing abortion, suicide, murder, euthanasia, and support the death penalty? Right. So mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. John Feinberg, theologian, author, professor of biblical and systematic theology. Uh, he currently is actually serving as chair of the Department of Biblical Systematic Theology at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois, along with Dr. Paul Feinberg, um, who, who is also there. They wrote a book called Ethics for a Brave New World. And this is what they said in response to that, quote, can one consistently argue against abortion and euthanasia and espouse capital punishment? We think so on at least three grounds. A sanctity of life ethic, a demand to treat all persons justly, and a commitment to non-consequentialist ethics. Given a sanctity of life ethic, human life is sacred and must be protected. Hence, abortion and euthanasia are ruled out. Execution of murderers underscores the sanctity of life and the seriousness of taking the life of others. As to justice, the unborn, the aged, and the infirm have done nothing to deserve death. The convicted murderer has. 
justice demands rejecting abortion and euthanasia and executing murderers. Finally, on a non-consequentialist, consequentialist, that's a fun word, theory of ethics such as ours, God prescribes the protection of the innocent and the punishment of those who take life. If one follows those divine commands, he will have to reject abortion and euthanasia and favor capital punishment, period, close quote. Mm-hmm. So brother, I know, I know you had some, some thoughts around that. And, and you stated them at the top. Was there anything else you had to say about that? Yeah, no, it's just uh, people try to throw that out as though, um, you know, because we're against abortion, we're against the murder of babies. Therefore, we should be against the killing of anyone at any time. Well, that's not the case uh, because we're not against justice. And, and if we are Christians, we can't be against justice because our God is a God of justice. He is a God that hates murder. He's a, he's a God that hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Therefore, we must hate the hands that shed innocent blood. That's right. And we must uh, seek justice. We Rescue must affirm soon. justice. Yep. Uh, so... So just to, to to belabor the point, can I be against abortion? Yes. Why? Because I'm against murder. Come on. Can I be for the death penalty? Yes, because I'm for justice. And against murder. And against murder. Right. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't receive the death penalty for jaywalking. That's right. You don't. That's right. You receive the death penalty for murder. That's right. Killing someone in the image of God. Yeah, uh, Allie Beth Stuckey. Uh, she's I've, I've been loving listening to some of her stuff lately, and uh, uh, she she's the host of the Relatable Podcast. If you don't know who she is, she's the author of "You Are Not Enough" and "That's Okay," escaping the toxic culture of self love. And she said this in a tweet thread on December 11th. She said, "Quote: Aborting babies in the second trimester is usually done via lethal injection into her heart to cause a fatal cardiac arrest." It's most effective, quote unquote, uh, when the needle is inserted directly into her heart. But since babies at this stage are wiggly, doing so may require some pokes. The baby is then dismembered with forceps and extracted out of the womb. Please do not tell me that the death penalty for a man who bashed a two-year-old's head in to the window until she died is inhumane if you also support this, period, close quote. And I say amen and ride on to that. Yeah, you know, and... uh... But it's not just, uh, again, I don't, I, I think there are more things that deserve the death penalty. And I, I mentioned, agree. and I mentioned it earlier. Um, and, and this is because people will try to throw this against God's word. They'll, they'll try to say, well, it's, you, you know, it's, it's a sexist book. It devalues women. Actually, it very much values women Absolutely. because in God's law, rape deserves the death penalty That's right. in our law rape deserves what 10 to 20 years in prison so yeah. which law is more just yeah, god's exactly. law right. is more just That's right Come and it, it, and let, let me say this and i asked you this the other day yeah how do you get a feminist to advocate for a rapist mm. you tell the feminist that you believe the rapist deserves the death penalty I mean, that's the truth, (laughs) right? 
Because truth, God, th- that, that's just how much God's law values God and God's word values women. But here, here's the thing. If we say, if we implement the death penalty for rape, yeah, I guarantee you the number of rapes will go down. Oh, absolutely. Because there will, there will be a consequence. Now, here's one thing that I will say is completely unjust is that there was a man, I forgot his name, raped a woman, was convicted, and only received six months in jail. That is unjust. Sure. If we institute the death penalty for rape, rapes go down, That's right. but also there's a flip side. It, we need to reinstate that if an accuser falsely accuses someone sure they receive the penalty that was due that accuser so now say you have a woman that falsely accuses a man of rape and he's found innocent it didn't happen now she receives his penalty what's that going to do that's going to decline the number of false accusations because what happens now a woman can falsely accuse a man of rape, and if it's found not guilty, nothing happens to her. That is unjust. Because at that point, that guy's life is over. Yeah. It is over. Yeah, well, and, and brother, to your point, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 when I read um, the, the uh, justice.gov um, uh, accounts of those two uh, cases, what, what struck me, as odd, not odd, but, but, but it was, it was alarming is how long in between the crime committed, the conviction and sentence given, and then the sentence carried out, how long that time span was. Yeah. Like I wholeheartedly believe that as we find in scripture, that when someone is, is tried and convicted beyond a reasonable doubt, that that sentence should be carried out as soon as possible. To and your that's, point, that's to your point, I don't understand why wait. I, I, well, it, because because of the legality of everything, because ultimately we love the, cre- the 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 creation more than the creator. Ultimately, and and here's what it boils down to. And I just wrote this down as you were talking. You know, ultimately, the reason that people that that people deny these laws, just to your point, that actually do more to protect uh, women, children, um, uh, men, and uh, uh, men, women, and children of all different ethnicities. Um, when you look throughout Scripture, Scripture is replete with with uh, commands uh, to, to to not view people based upon their ethnicity, the immutable attribute given to them by God that cannot change. Um, it does more to protect that. But look, here's why people reject this: because they love their sin and they hate God. They love their sin, they hate God, so they deny His laws, which would provide more protection and 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 more of a I hate to use this word. Well, I'm not going to use the word because it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not appropriate. It's not like it's a bad word. It just doesn't work. Um, but, but, you know, it, it would create a, a, a better society where, where we would see more fruit, more blessing, ultimately less crime. Um, it really would. Because again, God has instituted the minister, the deacon, the servant, the avenger of government. It's his minister. Now, I am not defending government. I am not one to stand and and say that we need to blindly submit to everything the government states. 
Okay. However, I, you know, I was asked this question. I had some, uh, some people come into my place of business and, and they saw that I was reading actually Dr. MacArthur's book, right. Thinking in a world gone wrong. And they asked me these questions, well, what, you know, they were, they were wearing camo. They had a, they had some Sig Sawyer and uh, stickers and NRA stickers. And they, uh, well, what does that say about, uh, you know, what to do when the, when the government hurts people, you know, how are Christians supposed to respond then? And, and it was one of those times that you're asked a question, you have 30 seconds, you know, you have 30 seconds to give defense for the hope that you have with gentleness. <laughs> and, and, and I just was like, okay, well, I mean, we as believers are to submit to the authorities, uh, to, to the Lord's sake, you know, of, of every human institution. Uh, and, and if we are to dissent because they are going against the law of God, then we're to do so in a way that uh, we're, we're not, we're not inciting protest, but we're doing so in such a way that we live quiet, peaceable lives unto the glory of God. And so that when anyone looks at us, they see our lives and glorify our God in heaven. Now, th to, to continue, and I said to continue to be salt and the salt and light of the world and the earth. Um, again, that, that's not blind submission. That's eyes open. We are to be people of the truth when Jesus prayed that for us. So we, I said it at the top, we need to make sure that we know our constitution, our de the Declaration of Independence, our, our, our the governing authorities in, in the country that you live in. We have people that live, that listen to our podcast from all over the world. Thank God for that. Um, but what, what you need to know the law. You need to know your rights. You need to know those things. And then you need to compare and contrast them just like everything else against the backdrop of God's perfect word. And then you need to know how you are to respond to those things. And then ultimately, look, you know, 1 Timothy 2, uh, 1 through 2, and I'll close with this. First of all, then I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on the behalf of all men for kings and for all who are in authority so that they may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. We need to be praying for our leaders. And look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some salt in a wound right now. Okay. If 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 the results hold from what the media is claiming, and our next president of the United States is Joe Biden, and the vice president's Kamala Harris, and God forbid they God forbid if they take control of the Senate, the House, and the White House, Christians get ready. Because uh, look, you've got the Hyde Amendment that's going to be revoked, which means your tax dollars are going towards abortion. You've got the Equality Act that is going to be passed, which means you, your free speech as believers is gone. Mm -hmm. Churches will be told who they can hire, how they can hire, who they can fire. Churches ultimately, pastors ultimately will be told what you can say from the pulpit. That's coming. Get ready. Pray for your leaders. And for the love of God and his word, know what it says when it comes to things like the death penalty and don't just take social media words for it or the media's words for it. Do your own research because abolishing the death penalty is, is, is one of the first of many steps that leads to absolute anarchy and lawlessness. Yep. I concur. I concur with all of that. Um, <clears throat> well, we hope that this has been a great demonstration as to how biblical the death penalty actually is. Right. And that God is in favor of the death penalty. Yes, he is. Um, I don't think there's any more to add to that. I think we pretty much covered it. 
that along with some other nonsense. Yeah. Yes, there was some nonsense in there. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you were telling me about those guys who were American before they were Christian. Yes, they were definitely American before they were. Oh, and, and, and I forgot the best part, man, is uh, then he one of them proceeded to laugh and tell me that, uh, you know, well, Jesus said to turn the other cheek. Well, he only got two cheeks. You can only turn it <laughs> once each way. Then and what? Then, well, and then he goes. <laughs> then you start then goes, shooting. What? I don't. Understand. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then he goes. Then he goes. Well, well, look what Jesus did in the temple, and, and he flipped over tables, and he got angry, and he was mad at those money changers. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, bro. America is not the temple of God. Thank you. America is not his father's house. They had turned the father's house into a den of thieves. Uh, so there was a righteous indignation, a zeal for my father's house has consumed me, he said, as he's quoting the book of Psalms. Um, and the guy just kind of looked at me kind of wide-eyed. And they were like, well, there are money changers, and, and we're supposed to beat people with sticks when they defraud the people. And I'm like, I said, okay, man, you have a good day. <laughs> We're supposed to beat people. With goes, what? You don't think so? I said, brother, I said, I, I, I think your, your interpretation of hermeneutic, herma what? <laughs> is a bit off. <laughs> Dude, those are those, those are those type of folks that just think America is the promised land. That's and, it, man. and this is where Jesus's kingdom resides. That's it. That's it, bro. <laughs> Uh, sorry to burst your bubble. America is just a kingdom that will rise and fall like any other. That's right. That's right. God is sovereign over all. That is correct. All, all. Now I have one more thing to say. I know I thought we were done, but I have one more thing to say. In light of all of that, when we quote Dr. John MacArthur, quote, do you actually think that anyone in this world can do anything to harm the church of Jesus Christ. God is our protector. Stop grumbling. Stop Boom. complaining. Boom. Stop questioning the will of God. Boom. Stop questioning the work of God. Hello. His work is for us. It is in us and it is from us. And what the world needs to see is humble, holy, testimony and joy from the children of God who shine as lights in the world, period, close quote. Which means if Biden is elected president, then it is the person that we rightly deserve because we have continuously turned our backs on God. And it is God who raises up leaders. That's right. That's right. So, Go in the grace of God, trust in his sovereignty, and uh, man, li live like that. <laughs>